This show was first broadcast on Free FM, Hamilton, New Zealand's community access media organisation. For more information on our lineup of shows and the role we play in the media, visit freefm.org.nz. Welcome to WTS Waikato, Season 2. It's a radio show and podcast about the goings-on in our region under the new normal. I'm producer Gary Farrow. The micro-volunteering collective started out at the University of Waikato. The brainchild of comms student Chantal Cobby, the collective is dedicated to breaking down the barriers to traditional volunteering and enabling anyone to make meaningful contributions to their community. Chantel joins us on WTS to explain how micro moments cause macro change. So what brought you to this idea um, initially to, to start off this uh, this venture in the Waikato? I pretty much grew up volunteering. I watched my parents give very selflessly to communities that we belong to and I found that volunteering very quickly became ingrained in my own identity. Back in primary school I'd get along to those little mobile libraries that used to drive, a lo- drive around town and jump on board one of those and help out and go along to a rest home and read books for them there, all sorts of things like that. But when I went to university, I found that with my time being so much more limited and transportation options being restricted, trying to balance part-time work and study, all sorts of things like that, I just wasn't able to volunteer in the way that I always had done. I talked to a couple of people around me and found actually these challenges weren't unique to me. So I kind of jumped online and tried to find a way that I could overcome those barriers and so could others around me and I came across the concept called micro-volunteering and we just kind of took it from there, used the concept as a basis, used inspiration from the likes of Student Volunteer Army and a couple of other initiatives that are around and have worked really well um, and just decided to give it a go here in the local community. What exactly is micro-volunteering? How how is that different from uh, volunteering um, uh, as we would normally know it? Micro-volunteering is officially defined as any no-cost, low-commitment, easy volunteer action that typically takes less than 30 minutes to complete. We're really seeing a trend in the kind of volunteering space at the moment towards a very periodic, episodic way of volunteering, and micro-volunteering takes that concept and takes the idea that huge impacts 
can collectively be created when people unite together to do a little bit of good and it turns it into a new approach to community action. So rather than kind of having that expectation of an ongoing commitment like you would with more traditional volunteering roles where you, you know, maybe go on every fortnight or every month and volunteer in a particular way for a particular cause, it's really about just breaking it down into tiny pieces and enabling people to volunteer and contribute to their community in literally as little as 10 minutes. Yet still receive all of the well-being and other benefits that traditional volunteering offers. It could even be just giving a one-off good deed to the community then, or one-off good deeds, plural, um, uh, just here and there uh, where help is required. Absolutely. Yep, it's just about redefining the ways that we contribute to our community. So yes, it can be one tiny task like that, or it can be something a little bit bigger, and anything in between. How did it start out in the Waikato um, with micro-volunteering collective uh, because obviously there would have to be you'd have to start somewhere um, and small and sort of grow into a a bigger organisation and a bigger operation so how was it at the very start what sort of projects did uh, you involve in it so we started just by heading along to the university's club day at the start of 2019 which is a day where all the clubs come together and kind of show off what they've got on offer and try and get people to jump on board. At this point, it was really only a concept in my head, and I went along and just kind of shared what my thoughts were and shared what I was trying to achieve with all of the students who came along and just tried to see if it would resonate and see if anyone was interested in being part of, I guess, the movement that we were trying to create. Um, Yeah, it turns out it did resonate. We had a couple of hundred people sign up and say that they wanted to be part of it. So the next week, we held our very first event. We all got together outside and spent an hour writing cards and postcards to lonely residents and local rest homes. We found it was just a beautiful experience to kind of escape our studies for a little bit, meet some new people, and just do something really nice for someone else. After the success of that, we started every fortnight a different event on campus. So we rotated through a series of maybe three or four regular events and really found that we're able to build a community around that and a lot of people were willing to come along and give us a little bit of their day to contribute to our cause. So our work was very much in the university community and then it was really around COVID, to be honest, which is the same time that I graduated, that we kind of evolved and moved to being a bit more online and connecting with people all around the country in more virtual ways. So a significant part of the um, of the services that the Microvolunteering Collective provides is uh, allowing people to have uh, companionship, really, um, and especially given the current situation where a lot of people are trapped at home and they might be working on their own, but via the Microvolunteering Collective they could be either interacting with other people uh, virtually or working with them as well. 100%. Yep, the companionship and the community side of micro-volunteering for our, ourselves and for connect, connecting with others is just as big as the kind of connecting to the community and serving the brighter, sorry, broader community. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing to see so many people who are so diverse in many, many ways, you know, different backgrounds and ages and all sorts, yet they all come together and we're also united by our drive to do good and just rallying those efforts together, seeing the different things and perspectives that people bring and really being able to connect over that. Definitely one of the best parts about micro-volunteering. 
It's interesting that it comes down to community, as so many things often do. Uh, this is the idea of contributing to your community where the help is needed, where it is valued, and as you are able to give that help, uh, which, you know, a few hundred years ago with um, uh, humans living in um, sort of more uh, smaller, isolated communities, uh, it would have been like this where each person was of value and each person could and would contribute something. But um, the way society has gone, it's changed a bit, hasn't it? Um, we, we plug into our specified roles and we pour all our energy in there um, to make a crust uh, when at the meantime we want this... Uh, human interaction and uh, yeah, just supporting each other. Definitely, being part of a community is kind of being part of human. To be honest, you're so right. It's always being part of the way that we've lived. We actually had someone talking about this yesterday. We had a microvolunteering conference, and someone brought this up. How back in childhood she experienced this real sense of community, and everyone did come together and help out when needed. And a little bit of that has been lost, which I think is definitely down to technology and things like that but that's where we also have a really cool platform of being able to flip technology on its head kind of thing and use it to our advantage and use it as a way to bring back that sense of community and I guess redefine that sense of community and that it's no longer necessarily linked to your local neighbourhood and linked to geographically where you're based it can be anywhere you can connect and build a sense of community across the region, across the country, across the world even you're right, it can be really important to use technology as a springboard, uh, use it as a means, not as an end, basically. Uh, and it sounds like what you saw happening at uh, the university uh, with so many students being interested in being involved in micro-volunteering uh, and also students just being wanting to get involved in clubs in general are specific examples that people want uh, people want more tactile things in their lives uh, to be involved in people are people are hungry for um, yeah normal human life um, outside of uh, technology but as you say at the same time technology can be used um, to uh, yeah uh, help us to provide uh, more for the community. Mm. Yeah, definitely. It's so powerful. Powerful to see people come together. Now, what did the um, micro-volunteering conference entail? This was really interesting, and it sounds like it was uh, a large event and there was a lot to it. Um, obviously, uh, an element of it would have been um, virtual. But, yeah, t tell us how that came about. So today is micro-volunteering day. Um, we have communities all across the globe coming together and celebrating micro-volunteering and the power of micro-volunteering. So yesterday we held a virtual conference, which was New Zealand's first kind of celebration of micro-volunteering. And it was a way to bring people together, show them and teach them what the concept of micro-volunteering was in some cases, or in other cases, just open up that opportunity for people to reconnect with micro-volunteering. We did it all online. We had seven activities on offer throughout the day. So we started at 10 a.m. with a beautiful yoga session because we believe that you can't serve your community until you serve yourself. 
We ended it in the evening with a virtual charitable bake-along alongside the winner of the great Kiwi Bake Off who taught us how to make a delicious cake. And then in the middle we had a whole heap of different micro-volunteering activities. We wrote postcards and cards to lonely residents in local restaurants. We made art pieces for children in the local hospital. We had a remembrance ceremony alongside the Cancer Society. So we just brought people together to connect from the comfort of their own home with people from all around the country and contribute to their community. Do you have a vision for the path micro-volunteering uh, in the Waikato may, and Aotearoa in general, may follow uh, after COVID? Because I suppose we're going to be able to connect in a lot of different ways again then. Um, but it sounds like it's something that's going to grow. Absolutely. It's been so exciting to see the growth that we have had and see it go from a concept that was in my head to a concept that we've got hundreds of people getting behind it. My vision for the future is definitely to turn micro-volunteering into a nationwide movement, to have it recognised in the same way that volunteering in general is recognised as a way for people to make a difference and make a contribution to their community. I'd really like to see micro-volunteering normalised to the point where after you've had dinner with your family, you sit around and you write one postcard for 10 minutes to a lonely resident in a local restaurant. It's a really easy way to do something kind for someone else while coming together and doing something really lovely for yourself. I'd like to see you know, art classes in school producing art pieces that are donated to the hospital. I'd like to see when we go to cafes that there are piles of cards and art supplies there that we can, we can use while we have a coffee just to have it on that level where micro-volunteering is so ingrained in our everyday life. And um, what uh, what other things have you been um, involved in in your capacity, having studied uh, studied comms, you said, at university, didn't you? I did, yes. Yeah, so obviously uh, micro-volunteering is, is a, a, an offshoot of that. Um, but um, what other things um, have you been involved in, in uh, yeah, in uh, comms and media sort of related stuff? Um, I find that communication is definitely foundation of everything. I think it's the only way we can create change because it's the way that we bring people together. So comms has been a foundation for the micro-volunteering collectives and for everything that we've done. Um, recently, we've been using that in the way of connecting with volunteering organisations and workplaces and community groups and things like that to talk to them about micro-volunteering and help them redefine and reimagine what their own volunteering could look like. And then, I guess, in a more personal capacity, I work in communications, marketing and fundraising every day. Um, I provide those services for two different charities, um, Garden to Table and Charterbox New Zealand, and for an impact enterprise called Impact Hub. So that's fantastic stuff that you've been able to do, again, to help communities uh, with your studies in the areas you've been involved in. So, um, yeah, I take my hat off to you for that, for, um, for what, you're, what you're achieving. And are there other micro-volunteering organisations around New Zealand, or is this one of the, the first instances we've seen um, in this country? I believe we are kind of the first instance. I know there are a number of organisations who are micro-volunteering through what they do, some of them knowingly and others not. 
uh, but we would be the first solely dedicated to kind of championing and promoting microvolunteering. Do you have uh, people involved uh, in the microvolunteering collective who sort of jump from one contribution to another, um, who who regularly, as they are able, uh, contribute to different uh, different things and different people, different organisations, um, or are some people sort of coming in and contributing and then they'll go off for a while and, um, yeah, I just, I just want to envisage how, you know, with volunteering, normal volunteering, you commit to, you know, maybe a regular routine of, of con- making contributions. But with micro-volunteering, um, it's obviously a lot more um, free-form and um, as such it would be uh, more attractive to, to some people. Um, but it does involve a degree of commitment, doesn't it? Mm. Yeah, definitely. We definitely find we have a real mix in terms of the way people contribute. I mean, if we look at the example of yesterday's micro-volunteering conference, we had maybe 50% of people came along for one session throughout the day, so stayed with us for an hour, micro-volunteered for an hour, which was incredible. But we also had some people that came and stayed for six sessions. So they stayed with us for pretty much the whole day and contributed. And it's really a reflection of what we've found throughout our entire journey. We have some micro-volunteers who are so committed to micro-volunteering. They're backing everything we do. They're always there. And then others show up once or twice and then go about and continue on with what they're doing. And that's really what micro-volunteering is about. And I love that micro-volunteering creates that space for people to bring their skills, strengths and creativity to the table in ways that work for them and at times that work for them. So if that does mean coming along once and contributing for 10, 20 minutes, an hour, that's totally fine and we value your contributions and in that time you've made a really meaningful difference. But it also allows people to continue to commit to us if that works for them, if that's in line with what they care about and with what they're able to contribute. But if you something to offer. Very, very much caters for um, diversity then. And people uh, who might, you know, there might be people who draw so much energy and life force from being engaged in the community uh, by micro-volunteering and they would be the people who, for example, took place in the all the activities in the day of the uh, micro-volunteering conference. Um, but then there are other people who just need um, need small doses of that. Um, so it's of benefit not only to uh, the recipients of the micro-volunteering services, but to the people, to the volunteers. Absolutely. Yeah, I really believe that as a micro-volunteer, you get just as many benefits out of it as the recipient of those who we're micro-volunteering for. Definitely. There are so many benefits. I'd say the strongest is in well-being. It really presents you with an opportunity to kind of disconnect from the world and really connect with something meaningful to you that's aligned with your values, doing something that's often quite mindful and creative and different to what we do get to do in everyday life. There are also the benefits, as we talked about before, of connecting with others and all, all sorts of things like that. So definitely part of micro-volunteering is that you kind of bring what you can and take what you need, almost. And it's probably why we see the differences in the way that people contribute in terms of 
what they can bring and then what they're able to take away from that and that's reflected in their contribution. And again, that's the purest uh purest embodiment of what community is it's giving what you can and receiving what you need um it's yeah it's very moving to think of the micro volunteering collective as working like that and um uh, the um uh, how how are people able to get involved um in with the micro volunteering collective and what sort of uh yeah, organisational base is there for it at the moment? I think it involves in a whole heap of ways, to be honest. So we rotate through a series of events. We try and hold an event every month or so. They continue to be online at the moment. So if events are people's thing to really come together and in live time and meet new people, we they can jump onto our Facebook and follow us online and find out when our next events are and come along to those. Alternatively, we can support people to micro-volunteer from their own home and their own time. We can send out supplies or let people know what they need to be able to join in with their own activities in whatever way works for them, and then we're able to pass on their kind of completed items that are produced for their micro-volunteering to their respective homes in the community, or we can deliver workshops and events and activities for groups where they already exist community groups and organisations, workplaces, anything like that. Um, so I like to hope that amongst all of there, there's something for everyone to join in in a way that works for them. That's fantastic. And just lastly, um, an interesting question that I'm finding myself thinking right now is how do you uh, fund and support the operation of the, uh, the micro-volunteering collective in itself? Uh, does it uh, does it receive funds or um, donations or anything like that, or is it itself run purely on the basis of uh, the work of volunteers? Great question. One of the best things about micro volunteering, another advantage to it, is that it tends to be very very low resource. In the case of making art pieces for children in hospital, for example. All you need is a piece of A4 paper and some colouring pens. So supplies like that are super easy to source. We often have items donated by people in the community. Um, otherwise, people just kind of bring along their own supplies to participate in an activity, given that it's so simple. In terms of more operationally, those of us who are driving it and behind it, we contribute voluntary, you know, just in the spirit of community contribution and, micro and volunteering. It's all done because we want to do it. We have received funding on a few occasions to deliver specific projects. We've got a couple coming up. So we're very lucky to receive support from the community in those ways. But otherwise, 99% of the time, it's just run, I guess, in the spirit of micro-volunteering by people who want to be there and do something good. Fantastic. And uh, would you be able to shed some light on those, uh, those projects which are coming up? Are you able to do that? Yeah, yeah. They are mainly based around primary and intermediate school students. We have in the past delivered a couple of activities at schools and found that students really resonate with the concept, particularly because often when we're younger, we don't have the means to contribute to our communities. So we bring micro-volunteering to them uh, and kind of show this is what it is and this is what community contribution means and this is how you can use their skills to advance the lives of others. So the projects that we have coming up, the first one will be the Youth Week, 
and then we're doing one on a more ongoing basis of distributing kits filled with micro-volunteering supplies to schools and teachers can kind of use the kits to run activities with the students at times they work for them and have them get crafty and get to do some fun activities together that are all dedicated to a community course. Basically starting off uh, normalising micro-volunteering um, from a young age, which is a, a good idea um, because um, they are obviously, these students are the leaders of the future who are going to um, to carry this on. That's the one. Yep, if we can jump in now, you know, who knows what's possible in the future, taking this concept and, and others and, yeah, building it from the ground up. Fantastic. Awesome. Have you got anything else you'd like to add for the moment, Chantel? Um, I guess the one thing I'd add is we kind of have a phrase that we like to use and that micro-moments fuel macro-change. And that is something that I really believe in, that these micro-moments might not sound like a whole lot, but they really can fuel and contribute to larger macro kind of scale change and I guess I say that in the sense of one activity that we've run, actually we've run it multiple times, our postcard picnic, writing the letters to Lonely Rest Home Residents, we've run events that last 10 minutes. So 10 minutes is obviously such a tiny portion of our individual time. It's nothing out of our day really. In that time each person will make maybe one letter or card, maybe two. But when you have a whole group of people together, all of you writing cards, still only takes each of us 10 minutes, but pulling our efforts together like that can really go a long way. All of those efforts can add up and play a role in addressing the much bigger issues that we're seeing around growing isolation and loneliness amongst the elderly population. Uh, so I think that's really the power of collective action and the magic of micro-volunteering and a deeper level of what we're working towards is kind of taking these big issues and big challenges that we're facing in the world and thinking how can we break them down into tiny bite-sized pieces and then mobilise people around that to slowly work towards them and address them and create a better world for tomorrow. Thank you for listening to this episode of WTS Waikato. If you liked what you heard, you can follow the show on Facebook and find it wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks to Free FM, the Community Access Media Alliance and New Zealand On Air for making this show happen.
Thanks for listening to this Free FM podcast. If you want to hear more content like this, you can support Free FM via Patreon. Head to patreon.com/freefm89 to find out more.